so here we are, everyone. The very first podcast, episode 101 of Talking Like Normal People. This is a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, auditions, probably some other things. Um, and we're talking with people who love those things. So uh, I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director. I'm based in New Orleans, Louisiana. And my co-host and my right-hand man, and on the right... Justin Coulter. There he is. Yeah. Casting associate Justin Coulter. Um, and snappy sidekick. Yeah. Snappy sidekick. Exactly. All right. So this is our first uh, show. And for our first guest, we thought we would it would be best to start with a guest that I already know the most about. Um, so we have actor, photographer, and furniture flipper, Robert LaRiviere. Hello. Um, and I just want to... Everyone who's here on the show... Uh, help to decide what this show may or may not be about and why we're calling it talking like normal people. So let's Absolutely. first and foremost discuss why we're calling it talking like normal people. Are we normal people? Most yeah, of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Are actors normal people? Not no, at all. No. <laughs> not weirdos. even a little bit. And sometimes they make it worse when they come into the audition room and right. they, or they're on set and they just can't can't be normal. Talk so, like yeah. a normal person. In a session I got to be in with you guys, the director, after the actor left the room, told a story, blah, 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 where he basically just said, just say it like a normal person. <laughs> Which is Which was his, the bottom line. His story of a story that was told to him about the director, Ang Lee. Right. Who just wanted his actors to talk like normal people. Just say it like a normal person. Right? So that's that's the basis of this podcast. Yeah. And since hearing that story, it's something thrown around a lot, at least in this office. It's just, it's just say it like a normal person. Just say it like a normal or, person. Ryan likes to go, how would you say it? How would you say it, Robert? Okay, say it like that then, like a normal <laughs> person would. I've actually gotten that note on set. I was uh, on set with a director, and I kind of got into my head and really stiff. And uh, he came up, and which is great for an actor to get to like chit chat with the director, all that stuff. Where are you from? Uh, well, yeah, you grew up on, oh, in, in Youngsville. That's cool. It's like there. It's like you living in a farm. Okay, can you just say it like that? <laughs> exactly. Can you just talk like that, please? And then he walked away. And what do you? What do it's you? A think? big lesson. What do you think? Like, would go through an actor's mind if they heard that note for the first time? I lived it and i was <laughs> it wakes you up it really really wakes you up yeah yeah definitely awesome. all right so before we get too deep into acting and stuff let's find out about our first guest yes um obviously we know robert but uh we want the rest of the world to know robert how so. do you know me well, Robert, I, these are my questions to you. So I want to know, how, Robert, how did we meet, you and I? What is your version? My version of the story is uh, my sophomore year in college, I'm at Burger King because Natchitoches, Louisiana, did not offer a lot of options for food. And our friend Clay brought in a new freshman into the Burger King line before I ordered my Whopper uh, wearing a Les Miserables T-shirt. <laughs> Who was this? <laughs> it was you. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. right. Yeah. And Burger King. Burger King. Yeah. yeah. And we went to school together. And, yeah. and um, we did theater together did a lot of theater in college. Together. Yeah. Uh, we went to Horse Cave Theater together and apprenticed. We um, did more theater in college. Uh, 
lived in LA together. Oh, and we're married. You're my husband. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot about Got that it. part. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you and so it's much. not a new thing, everybody who follows, uh, yeah. follows the uh, Facebook page that sees these pictures popping up. It's something the photographer is, just keeps posting or something. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So, Robert. Yes. How did you get started in acting? What's your story? Start How, from the beginning. Straight up, the yeah. baseline, where it all began. Mm-hmm. I'm a fat man, and I've always been overweight. And in col- in high school, freshman year, um, the most comfortable desks were in the theater classroom. And so I stuck it out in there and became uh, got really involved. Um, I loved the speech teacher. She was really... Um, uh, supportive of me and I got really involved in speech and debate. My entire high school career was spent uh, every night, every weekend um, in speech and debate tournaments and it was through the speech and debate tournaments uh, that I got a scholarship to go to Northwestern State University in Natchitoches where I met you, my husband. is that the best thing that came out of that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I didn't know you did uh, speech and debate. Oh, and yeah. Stuff like that. Were you aggressive? Were you like, were you a champion? I was a champion. Oh, yeah, I was a champion. <laughs> I did win a lot of, a lot of like bowls and stuff. I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Knowing what, you now. What's the difference that you, what do you find is the difference from like your speech and debate? days to what you do now what is the difference yeah like what like what's the i I mean at the base of it is it pretty much the same performing thing Um, or well i think that's uh, to me that's a very personal question i think uh speech and debate to me uh was a um an outlet to get away from myself and those teen angst years and a lot of personal things that were going on in my life like losing my father and it was a place that i can go and uh totally lose myself and involve myself in something that I was good at, but also that I could, it was an escape, um, which led into my college and theater days. Um, and I think the lessons you learn as a film actor, um, is that it is more about you. Like the character is not something outside of yourself that you, it exists in you and you are what you're trying to be, which is a tough lesson for me um, because I always saw acting as an outlet, as a way to escape myself, and I'm learning a lot about myself in my middle ages. (laughs) Okay, good. So so we've got through high school, Mm -hmm. and you go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what happens? What, what, where does your acting career go from there? Um, I did, um, I, in college, I, uh, where we apprenticed at Horsecape Theater, I really fell in love with all of it. I fell in love with being on stage, watching really incredible actors that nobody um, probably would ever hear of work in a very personal way, being on stage with them usually as like what we would consider in the movies as an extra or a day player, but I was on stage with them the whole night, just in awe of these guys and um, all of it, like being in the uh, green room putting on, or you know, in the backstage putting on makeup. And um, it was an incredible experience. And I, after doing that for a couple of summers, I felt like I learned more in that experience than I did in college, and so I went and became a full company member and spent most of my year there um, so for you, a couple of years. So you left college? I left college. 
um, to go and do that. And, and it was smart decision, brilliant decision. And, um, but it was there that my first stage manager and someone who I care a lot about to this day, um, told me that I would regret later in life, not having that degree. Mm -mm. Um, so I went back for a semester and that solidified that college was not right for me and that you were in love. Oh yeah! Like, <laughs> this is not the this, podcast this, for that conversation. Is this a Ryan loves Robert <laughs> Ryan, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, I went back for a semester and um, went back to work out in the real world. Yeah, and then and so okay, so now you're out in the real world doing theater, making like 120 bucks a week. Ooh, Ooh. Bucks. living the high life. Tell us, how do you live on that? Um, well, you know when you, well, this was in the 90s. Okay. And it was, uh, we got housing, um, so you didn't have to worry about that. And you just, you had no bills. As shocking as it may be as my husband to hear this, you budgeted your money wow. and made it work. Wow. <laughs> That's him saying he doesn't budget. Neither of you do, really. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay, this is not the podcast yeah. for that. It's All right. about to be in a second. <laughs> so then... So then you do uh, regional theater for some years, mm -hmm. and then... That leads to moving to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, well, the yeah, essentially, yeah. I tried to go back to college one more time. That didn't work out. Um, I tried. I got accepted to SUNY Purchase, and because I was a poor actor and didn't understand how the world works, my financing didn't work out. And okay, I wasn't able to go to SUNY Purchase. Um, that's a long story short. That experience taught me. Um, they held this. I, I went. I couldn't stay because of finances, and they held a spot for me the next year. And it was the first time in my life that. I had the experience of truly living in the real world. I went back to Houston to live with my sister, who was very kind to let me live with her. And I got like a ton of jobs and I experienced real people in real life situations. Like real jobs. Real jobs, yeah. real situations. I'd always lived in a bubble since high school. Like speech and debate was my bubble. Theater was my bubble. Horse Cave Theater in Kentucky was my bubble. And then I was in, out in the real world. Like I worked at um, FAO Schwarz. I worked at a comedy club. I did a lot of different things that I'd never really experienced before. And I really worked all day long to save tons of money to go back to this college. But the experience taught me that I needed to live my life to be a better actor. That being locked up in another college for four years, as great as a program as SUNY Purchase was and um, the caliber of people they pumped out, I would be 30 years old when I came out of there and what kind of human being would I be was my concern. So I decided to, uh, I did one more stint in theater um, in North Carolina and then moved to Los Angeles. And how was Los Angeles? Uh, shitty. <laughs> it didn't work out. Um, so, how was Los Angeles? So, so you did you work as an actor in Los Angeles very much? Or? I did some extra work. Um, I got through that path. I it was completely overwhelming to me. And at that point in my life, I'd learned this lesson that I had to take care of myself. And I think my experience in Los Angeles was I spent too much of my focus trying to take care of myself and pay my bills and not have anyone else be burdened with my responsibilities that it um ate up your time it ate up my time and i i uh gave myself to los angeles and my job which, instead which, of focusing on why i was there which is probably what happens to a lot of actors who move to los angeles and don't have a ton of money to live yeah you end up getting you know 
10,000 jobs. I'm sure that's anywhere, but it's extra expensive yeah. there. So That's why I tell people if they're going to move to Los Angeles, they should be rich first, so then they can just focus on acting. Yeah. 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 Oh, you ha- I, there is some planning. I don't know if you have to be rich, but there is some planning. You have to have something in place to yeah. in order for you to take care of both. I did manage to take some classes that I really love, and I think were beneficial. But um, And besides from that, my um, it was really overwhelming, and I, I didn't have the confidence to tackle it to tackle the beast of Los Angeles. So I really believe you have, there's a certain type of person who can, who can conquer Los Angeles. And and I was not it. So in case anyone who's listening is wondering, you know, where we are, we're in a regional market, uh, where I hire actors to work in film and television, uh, basically the same jobs that you can get in Los Angeles, (laughs) but, uh, you don't have to live there. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm leading with this because Robert is a pretty successful actor in in the Southeast region, and so that leads me to my my question: like, what do you think the um, the differences between what you go through here versus an LA actor? Like, what what do you think? The, are there any challenges that are different or do you think it's the same thing? And do you think there's a, a stigma with the word regional at all? Um, well, this, uh, I guess my answer would be skewed because I am so close to you and see what happens on your side. And so is there a stigma? I believe there is a line drawn in the script where people can come, will come from LA and where people come from the regional market. I think those of us who are in the regional market are very fortunate in that we can have a more up close personal experience with the local casting directors. I think you have more of an opportunity to show yourself than you would in LA. And a perfect example of that, again, because I'm so close to you is a conversation I overheard as we were driving to get sandwiches the other day with your LA casting director on one of the shows. And you were talking about submissions for one particular role where he had to spend the weekend going through 3000 roles, 3000 submissions, submissions. I'm sorry, 3000 submissions where you had like 250, right? So the odds for one role. So that spells it all out right there. So in LA, you're both looking for the same role. He's looking through 3000 people and you're looking through 250 and a good actor will get that role. Correct. Correct. Whether they're from there or here. But if you concentrate and only be in there, your odds are diminished much so much. Because at the same time, he's putting up 5, 10, 15 people, and so are we. But like the, when you do that fraction, that your odds are yeah. much, much slimmer. So would you say that the big, like one of the biggest learning experiences for you as an actor um, has been because of your move to the regional market and the ability to be, you know, more involved or like more ensconced into like the everyday aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, my, my journey, which again, I'm very fortunate. I think it's pretty unique was that you became a casting director first and I was working in the film market, but I could see that I could see a path forward for me through what you were doing. I could see that the odds would be better. I could see that um, I would have a better experience here and I still really wanted to do it. So it, it relit my drive, but it took a couple of years for me to realize, for me to wake up and realize, oh my God, my whole life has been about acting and it's all right in front of me. So, so you, you've been pretty consistently working for about how many years now since you've been back? I think uh, about like 
2007. Well, yeah, so it's about 10 years. And then just before that, you did, what, like three years in production? Yeah, so in production, I did everything. I worked in the production office, art department, coordinator. I was a set deck buyer. I worked in Transpo. I've been all over movie sets. So So, I want to ask real quick. So I know a lot of people that are, you know, they're aspiring actors, they're trying to get in, they don't know how to get a foot in, and what they end up doing is working in production. They're, they have this mindset, oh, if I can just work in production, at least I'm close to the film, maybe I'll get discovered, uh, bringing somebody lunch. What, do you, what are your thoughts on people that you know, try to get in, you know, to be in front of camera, try to sneak in by being behind the camera? Um, I think that um, this industry pigeonholes you. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't necessarily assume that that's a good way. Well, I, I can tell you flat out that it didn't work for me. I thought whenever I first started acting that I would maintain my relationship with something else I love, furniture, by being a set deck buyer. And we're working on a movie, and I was presented as my audition was presented to the director, and it was mentioned that I was the set deck buyer, and he would not consider me. Mm. So I don't necessarily, my personal experience, and that's just one experience, it didn't work out, but Scoot McNary was a grip, and he's a tremendous actor working on a completely different level than I am, but things work out in different ways. Um, that dude from, uh, what's the Ally McBeal show? Is that is that what it's called, Ally McBeal? One of them was a prop master before. I mean. There are different versions yeah. to everyone's story, but yeah. for me, uh, I felt like I didn't want to maintain that side of it. Yeah, I want to focus on acting. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? So, you see a you see a clear path now. Being no. you see you see somewhat of a clear path now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no! I saw a clear path. It's not so clear anymore. Yeah, it's foggy. There's no clear path. I thought it was a clear path. It it has worked out for me. I. As I, I always say, any actor in LA would stab me in the eye for the credits I have. But like you tell me every single day, every actor is going to want more. I mean, you just want more. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and I believe that more is you just want to work. Like acting truly is that moment of relating to another actor in an honest way. And that is so precious in this industry. You know, it's not like you go on stage for two hours and have this tremendous experience. You work and you audition and you go and you go and you hustle and your heart gets broken and you try and then you have the opportunity and it's and it's really fleeting. So and it's just a taste of for me an experience that I was groomed on, you know, these tremendous experiences of like getting to do Shakespeare and uh, all these wonderful things that would it translate to film? It might be your actual time working with another actor will be a few minutes sometimes, right. you know? So, uh, I think that's for me, what makes me want more and more. It's just, you just want to build on that so that in hopes you could really get to do something special. Okay. Do you ever, do you ever think about quitting acting every day? <laughs> so like you hear these stories about like, Oh, so-and-so, uh, got the like landed a role in a big TV series and just the day before she is thinking about quitting and I'm like every actor thinks about quitting every single day <laughs> it's like <laughs> like how do you not like I assume every actor wakes up every day and says why do I do this oh. because I do because it's a rough game yeah. it's a rough game but you um, there is something precious about it and special that like 
keeps you going. Like I quit. We can honestly say with Ryan, I take Ryan to dinner at least once a month and sit him down and say, this is it. Aww. It's over. I quit. And then he gets an audition. On, and then an audition pings on yeah, my phone right, and I'm like, right yeah. Um, what, what would you, what would you say to anybody who may be in the infant stages of trying this, that they're like, I, I'm not getting any progress. I'm not making any traction. I should quit. What do you- Honestly, when people approach me, it's really hard to, it's really hard for me to give them advice because it's a very personal story. I mean, your journey is your journey. I mean, I could tell you what I know from being around you guys and getting to participate on some level in your office. But I mean, the truth of the matter is, is you've just got to be prepared to know how, how hard it is and, and that it, it's, it can be really heartbreaking and it, and it's really trying and you really have to, change yourself and be willing to change yourself. And, um, sometimes those changes don't work Yeah, and that's heartbreaking. And then you have to re-navigate and you're constantly, I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out where I am. You know, I was trained to be a character actor. That was, that was my thing. And then, like I said, you learn to be that it's more about you. And then it's just like really confusing that, the hustle of trying to figure out what that is. So sometimes you get an opportunity to go in and go outside of yourself and it doesn't work. And sometimes you, you hit the nail on the head and it's great. And it's, it's a tough game. Well, I'm here to remind you that pretty much all of the best moments for you are right when you leave from set. You usually call me immediately Aww. and are like, I had such a great day. Oh, I love it. I mean, I <laughs> love happened. it. I, and that happened. So. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. It's, it's being on set is an, an incredible experience. It's besides being everything that you want it, want to do and everything that you work for, getting to relate to another actor and get direction from a director if they're there, to, you know, if they're, if they're willing to do that. And it's great. I mean, the thing I want more than anything in the world is to be given a note because that's the work, you know, that's the work. I can go in and do whatever I want. And a lot of times you go to sets and you, you do your thing and you leave and you're like, Oh, nobody really even talked to me. I guess that was fine. But whenever a director really engages with you and gives you a note, even if it's as like stark and like offsetting as the one I ex- before, like just talk like that, talk like a normal at person. least talk was, like a normal person, talk like a normal person, <laughs> at least it's engaging and I could adjust and get out of my head and, and be in the moment a little bit more, you know? All that stuff's fun to me. There's nothing I love more than a note. So I, want, uh, I wanted to I ask, don't always hit it on the head. But. So you, uh, a moment ago you were talking about there's a lot of heart heartbreak. Um, I want to ask, what what do you think might have been your worst heartbreak? Like the biggest loss you had to endure? I don't think it's a single one. I think yeah. it's just really tough to, now that it's gotten busier here and there are a lot more actors, I, I for me, I feel like my audition to booking ratio not that i have an excel sheet or anything but it's jed lorman uh, <laughs> oh, jed lorman who i went to high school with who we all love um, who's gonna get a shout out seal shout teams out? yes yes he's um, terrific for me it's just now it's just like the game is changing there are a lot more actors in this market there are a lot more actors in atlanta where i worked a lot and i think that um it is uh the odds are changing and it's difficult all right so that's just, my heartbreak just gonna ask you a couple of more acting questions and then maybe some other stuff but on the flip side of what he asked about your biggest heartbreak what's what's your favorite favorite role, role that you've yeah. ever had i i'm um, i will say my 
my favorite role is really my favorite directors. The Duplass brothers are build an incredible set. Like you get the vibe on set of whatever's coming from top. And I've had the opportunity to be on set with them two times and um, in Jeff who lives at home and on the show togetherness and their sets are amazing. Everybody's super happy. Everyone loves being there. Everyone loves the job. They're super engaging. They're incredibly nice people. Um, They give you notes, they have fun and it's a great experience. So those two, and it leads back to the director. Anybody who hasn't seen Jeff Who Lives at Home, you should check it great, out. It's awesome. Great, it's a great, great movie. movie. It has yeah. nothing to do with me, but I'm just... But your scene is kick-ass. It is a good scene. All right. So uh, <laughs> still on some acting stuff. Uh, what is more important, training or talent? Oh, snap. I mean, it's it's tough to. I mean, I've, if you would have, if we were talking about theater, I'd say training. If you're talking about the film market, I'd say talent because I think these these moments can be caught. Um, you know, you know, you find people in strange places off the street or newbies who. Sorry, just, I used that word. Just have it. Word, yeah. Who just, just have it? You know, just raw just talent. Have it. And um, like the kid <laughs> we just cast. Which one? Uh, out of South Carolina, who's oh, just yeah, like... Oh, yeah, he's so I mean, good. I'm, I'm completely glad for all of my training, but a lot of it's unrelatable. I mean, a lot of it. What I I was in college in my theater, my, in my formal training, uh, I was a... I was this fat kid with not a really place to go, so I was always the old guy. And I could, like, dig into those roles and have fun, and I, and I think I did an okay job with it, but... It didn't. Tra- it doesn't translate to the specific needs that I take me to a role every day. Like, like I say, it needs, I'm not doing character work as much as I thought I would, and maybe I will when I'm older. I don't know. So, um, how do you, Robert? How do you approach a comic role versus a dramatic role? And do you have any secrets to your prep? Um, I don't know that I would necessarily approach either one of them differently. I think again, I think I'm try to. I try to, and um, it's and again, it's a journey for me. I try to find whatever is genuine about it. Um, I, I'm, it's something that I really struggle with, but I, I think you want to find. You can't define it from the offset. Um, if it's a comedy or dramatic, to me personally, Sh- treat I, them the same. I treat them the same, and I, I think you want to find whatever is genuine about the scene. I mean, one thing you learn in elementary school is context clues. So <laughs> you start off with the context and build on that, like what's happening in the scene, where do I fit in, what do I need to do. And another big lesson I learned as an actor is that it's usually not about me, especially in this market. It's When you're a day player and you just have a line or a couple of lines, you're uh, you're usually exposition, and you need to find out what that is, and uh, understand whatever is relatable in the scene to that. You know, that I've I've never really done a scene that it was about me, where people walk out of the movie talking about Robert. That's not what I do. When like, I watch your movies, people don't I notice do. me. You know, you kind of have to go unnoticed a little bit. Okay, blend in. Well, if you're not doing as much character. Uh, characters so, as as you thought you would be. Why don't you do as much theater? Like, why aren't you doing some local theater and stuff like that? Um, that's a great question. I would I would love to do more theater. I just don't know how to balance it. You know, uh, so working in the regional market, I SAG has great insurance. I want to 
have that insurance yeah. because of the age we live in. Insurance is really expensive and SAG insurance is not. So I, I want to work and, you know, make that money to for those certain goals and um, getting involved. I'm not in a place now where I could be like, yeah, I'm going to take a couple of months off and not take a role. So you want to make it, you want to make a living. Yeah. I mean, it is a living. The, when I got my SAG insurance, we were um, at your old office on canal and I walked out and there's like 10 old actors, like older men, like in their sixties and seventies. And I'm like, how do you guys keep your insurance? Like I was scared to death. Like, how do you keep your insurance? And they're like, you just hustle. <laughs> <laughs> like every single one of them is like, you just make it work, you know? And that's, that's part of the reality. Like there are my dreams. And then there's the reality of like, I want to have insurance. Yeah. All right. Last actory question. Mm-hmm. So think about this one. I want you to put it out there. What do you want casting directors or uh, people that know you to know about you that they don't know? Oh my God. I don't know. Um, <laughs> What's don't something know. about you as an actor that you, you just wish such and such casting would give you the opportunity. You are more than an actor. I think it's a, I probably more of, I am, I am more than an actor. I'm very fortunate that since we do know the casting directors all pretty well, that I feel like everyone knows me pretty well. So, but I think that a general idea is that having a real scene with context that goes doing a line or two is the hardest thing in the world. You have to build all of the context and everything and create an entire world in an audition room with someone who, um, no offense to any of the casting directors are, are not an actor or acting for you. Um, and it's difficult. And when you're in that moment, um, it's, uh, it, it, it can be really difficult. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, I mean, I'm not a brain surgeon. People have really difficult jobs, but that's harder than having a full drawn out scene with full context and a plot that you can work on and find your place to settle into. Um, and I'm sure all casting directors understand that, but that's, that's like a big struggle for me. So I guess I'm saying I want bigger roles. <laughs> all right. Just say it like a normal <laughs> yeah. person. Just say it like a normal person. All right. So... <clears throat> That's uh, that's all the questions about acting that I really wanted to ask. Do you have any uh, any questions you want to ask me or Justin? Justin didn't have any questions. I asked my questions, but mine were in a more organic form. Wow, wow! Because yeah. Ryan not, has a notepad. Yeah, I, do. I was I was riffing my wow. questions. That's great. He's an improviser. Well, I'm yes. going to improvise too. So I thought I would get more specific questions out of this, but you know, when you told me we were going to do this and I'd have to ask questions, I kind of went to my acting books and. Uh, uh, to see like what kind of because Sharon Bialy has this great book um, that I don't have in front of me but basically because <laughs> uh, I forgot to bring it um, but basically it's like 25 questions um, that every actor asks and she answers them very clearly um, but they're honestly maybe a little more geared for like an LA actor um, although really really great stuff but I did find Ryan's uh, copy of true and false by david mamet and i was looking through it at the 
post-it notes that still exist there. Oh, Jesus. And um, <laughs> and I was going to ask some specific questions. Like, he has highlighted and a post-it note, a James Cagney quote, find your mark, look the other fell in the eye, and tell him the truth. Um, that's great. Talking like normal people. Yeah. Talking like normal people. Isn't that, like, really what this is about? That's, that's old school. I read that a long time ago. I mean, yeah. I, I remember, like, back in I the day. I think that book, in general, is, uh, is pretty hard-nosed when it comes to... Uh, like his his uh, feelings about acting, it's it's like a you know just say the words and don't screw up you know kind yeah. of kind of attitude. Well, the, um, the actor here's something you had highlighted: the actor is on stage to communicate the play to the audience. That is the beginning and the end of his or her job. To do so, the actor needs a strong voice, superb diction, a supple, well-proportioned body, and rudimentary, <laughs> rudimentary understanding of the play. But beyond that, he's basically saying that the actor is like a vessel for the words. That you don't, there's nothing for you to do except just say the words. And I'm just wondering, um, as an old actor, because you are an actor at your heart, former. What, Former actor, not practicing, non-practicing no, I'm actor. I'm a non-practicing actor. A non-practicing actor. actor. Here it is. Uh, the best advice I know. Uh, here's the best acting advice I know. And when I am moved by a genius performance, this is what I see the actor doing. Invent nothing, deny nothing. This is the meaning of character. So knowing the actor you were and knowing what you watching actors all day long, is that right? Is that true or false? I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do, have your opinions about acting changed from the young actor you were to someone who's watched probably tens of thousands of auditions <laughs> at this point? Uh, I would say yes. I think for me as an actor, when I was an actor, I think I was I was definitely in my head a lot about all of it. You know, I was acting most of the time. I was you know performing or you know. Uh, I was. I would say I was like more of like a a showy person. You know, I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be something rather than just being something. You know, um, and I definitely learned from watching all the actors over the years and listening to notes and just you know understanding text. You know, the scripts and whatnot. It, I understand it. I, it's clearer to me now, for sure. It's clear. Well, you have a lot yeah. more experience, yeah. and you've read a lot more scripts. I mean, you've yeah. read a lot of scripts. Yeah. You think you think Ryan, if you jump back in it, you'd be like a way better actor? No, I think I'd probably be terrible. <laughs> oh, really? I'd wow. probably still be. In my <laughs> Why do you think that? Wait, no, I, mean, I, I have jumped back in it. I you mean, have. I, I, oh yeah, I've you're had a couple of uh, Amer- American hero, right? Yeah, and that yeah. scene got cut. Oh, um, did. Yeah. I have the occasional. That's heartbreaking, Justin. That's heartbreaking. And I go, so. going to the premiere and like like telling all your friends, I'm in this movie, it's going to be great. And then everybody goes to see it and then you find out you're not in it anymore. Or you like walk down the red carpet and... Oh. Has that ever happened to you? This has. Oh. A little movie called Passengers. Oh. That's what being a regional actor is. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the real heartbreak. I mean, yeah. I had no reason to be there in the first place, but I went because, um, you know, it was exciting and it was a small cast and they just cropped me out, really. No. Uh, scene. No. I, I didn't get cropped. <laughs> Big uh, movie. Huge movie. I, I mean, I mean, at the end. It was of supposed the day, to be a big movie. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be a big movie. Yeah. Um, it got me too. But yeah, I mean, I, I to answer your question, Justin, mm. I, um, I don't know. I think I'd probably have fun doing it. I, 
I, the last time I did it, I usually what happens to me is I'll be working on a movie and yeah. it'll be some small movie and a director will be like, I have this, you should play this part. And I'll be like, oh no, you should hire an actor. He's like, nah, just do it. Come, you know, whatever. No, that happens. Like, and that's happened to me like over the years, probably like eight times. Well, eight how, many, times? how many times are we doing callbacks and like you're, re- you're reading with the actor and like they'll leave and then like a producer or director will be like, Ryan, you're pretty good. You, I mean, I wish we could book you for the role. And I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just sitting here side eye like, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that, that's very nice of them. But I, I think, uh, you know. You move beyond it. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, no. but I, I definitely am in this thing now. Yeah. I'm in casting and I'm committed to it. And it's, I mean, I've been doing it a long time now. I've been yeah. doing this for 12 years. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to say, you said he's seen maybe tens of thousands auditions. I would put it up in a hundreds of thousands auditions. Think about, you've probably seen 10,000 auditions last year. I know how to watch a tape. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> He knows, so, he knows when it's stopped. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because oh, I'm going to speak for every actor. Like, you go through um, the process of uh, watching a lot of auditions. And I know that you do. We sit on the sofa at night with you just giggling at people <laughs> and crying sometimes. I see it happen. But when you watch those tapes, like, um, do you get all the way through every tape? Do you? Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I usually ask actors to send two takes. And I don't always watch both takes. Put the uh, best take first. Put the best take first. If the if the uh, first take is really good, I'm probably going to watch the second take as well, uh, just to see if there's any reason to present that take to the director producers as well. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I would uh, maybe it's the Catholic guilt, in me, but I would feel <laughs> so bad about it if I didn't watch like it I mean I here's my out if someone is like a couple of days late or you know like sends it to me through email and they don't you know honor like the instructions that mm-hmm. we've done uh, I may not watch it right but I so, mean if they follow the, the I, I don't rules think I do it I yeah. personally don't think it's the Catholic guild I think it's the actor in you the actor that guild. the hustle <laughs> you hustled and you pound the pavement yeah. and you would, I think you give every actor what you would want for well, yourself what, what ryan sure. always does is like he he will select so many people because he wants to give everybody a shot and right. that you're exactly right it's the actor in them right and i'm usually I'm like do we really okay need to see 55 people for the clerk role oh, so over the years <laughs> so 12 years working in the same market giving people the opportunity who um some people may write off have you seen people change do actors change Yes. yes, yes, they do. And the the thing that is is uh, that keeps it interesting is that you know people move on. Like some people get successful, or some people decide they don't want to you know get too successful for this market, yeah. or they decide they haven't been successful enough, so they stop doing it, or you know whatever the case. There's always a new breed of people. You know, and people get older, and now my 20 year olds are 30, and I need a new batch of 20 year olds, or I'm casting kids, and the kids that like I've been familiar with for the last three, four years are not kids anymore. Hitting puberty, you know. So it's like you're, we're all, I'm always having to learn who the new talent are. I mean, it it would do me a disservice if I didn't, you know, see new people 
you know, at least a batch of new people. Like, I mean, I see new people every all the time. Every time we have so a in session. that, how much uh, how much impact or sway does the agent have in that process? <gasps> Do um, so we are as uh, actors okay. are always. I love my agent. Um, okay. So much I trust and respect him and hope he feels the same about me. But how much sway does the agent actually have on the process? So I, to you, I think the agent is extremely important in the process because I, I mean, there are obviously there are some agencies that are, you know, have better talent or more experienced talent. Um, and I trust I trust the agents to have good taste, you know, and if they're submitting folks to me, I trust that they have gone through the descriptions of the breakdown. They've, you know, read up on everything that they can and they're sending me the best people for the role. So I do put a lot of trust in that. And, you know, obviously there are people that I know and that I will, call in based on the fact that I know them and we've seen them, you know, countless times. But if I see someone's photo in the submission and it's like jumping out at me, but I don't know who they are, but they just seem right. I can, it can just seem right from a photo and I'll click on their, you know, resume. Maybe if they have some tape, I'll watch that, but I'll select them. You know, I trust that the agent is sending me, you know, quality people like why would you be why would you be a talent agent and take on someone who has no talent there are agents like that i know but we know who they are and we would we we know better than to you know fill our session with bogus people those folks you know i would i would so just like an actor so just like an actor as you grow to respect more and more you grow to respect yeah agents in those relationships oh my god i i i love all the agents around here like they're all of them yes (laughs) i do it's 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 you know it's a fine balance because they do a lot of work you know and there's only five parts you know what i mean they do a ton of work on one episode of a show and we're seeing 300 people but only five people are going to get roles. Yeah. Do you and know they, what I mean? They might not even book any people and they did all this work right. just so their talent would have a shot. So I I respect their hustle a lot. You like a hustle. I, I am a hustler at heart. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned uh, headshots. It could just seem right from a photo. From a glance. From So, yeah. so headshots matter. Yeah. Totally. So what does a headshot look like to you? What is... It's a calling card. It's yeah. Your, it's what pro- is your relationship to a headshot? It's professional. It's quality. It has good taste. It doesn't, you know, it's not just some candid shot that was taken in your backyard with like, you know, a tree in the background. You know, I, you can tell who was pulled from the street mm-hmm. versus who has taken the time to invest in themselves, go out through the proper channels, hire a photographer. You know, think, think about what they want to present themselves as, like what they want their image to be, um, and based on who they are as an actor and what they can do. You know, I yeah. I, I can see that in a in a good headshot. You know, what what you can bring 
or at least you might you might be a really good actor and be fooling me. <laughs> but uh, you know, that has happened. You yeah. Know? So your relationship with a new actor will either come from an agent that you trust or a good headshot. Good headshot res- yeah. you know, resume. But most important what on- they do in the room on that on that very first audition. And I think not to put any pressure on anybody seeing a casting director for the first time, but you're not just auditioning for that part. You're auditioning for your next audition. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like talking like normal people, I just had this thought since I'm asking you questions now, um, in this room, your casting office where we are right now, I had the opportunity to tape like, uh, some actors who are working, uh, you know, like lead actors mm-hmm. on a television show who came into the room. I was taping a woman one day and there's a stack of, uh, postcards in the corner of the room and she said do people really do this like i i've never i've never had to do this <laughs> are those postcards impactful to you uh Oof. they're usually really bad here's here's the thing is they are I'm they sorry. don't they rarely even make it to ryan the the front desk people come in and they give them to me and I feel bad about doing it, but a lot of times they get recycled almost immediately. But we yeah. have our faves. We do. I mean, yeah, we do. I have, I have, uh, I collect some of them actually, <laughs> and I, I keep a little book of my favorites. But um, I would, I would say at least, at least in this office, it's not super impactful. I'd say even better than that. Um, and this doesn't go for every single casting director. Is find a day and get your headshot and resume. Go to that casting director's office. Feel out the. I see that face you're making. Hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. <laughs> feel out the room. If, if you walk up and it's busy and everybody's frantic, then don't come in. Pick a different day. You lost that day. But if you if you approach and I'm napping on the couch and Ryan's clicking on the computer, <laughs> you that, nap. That might be a time to just come in really quickly and say, "Hey, I'm a new actor in the area. Just want to drop off my headshot. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but here's my headshot. Sure. Blah blah blah." So I want to. Um, I just I want to relate back to my. We're talking about my experience in LA. I think a couple of things that killed it for me was like this very thing. Uh, I interned in a casting office in a big casting office for a little while and my job as an intern was before computers before computers was to go through the submissions which were at that time headshots with a resume copy hard copy with a resume on back that came in a manila envelope from all of the agencies in town and my job as an actor or as an intern in the back of my head i was an actor um was um to sort through the folder, the manila folders, and p- make a pile of A agencies, a pile of B agencies. And A went, got opened and put on shelves, and B got brought to the trash Ooh, every snap. single day. And I was like, soul crushing. Yeah. Like I had just come from theater where everything mattered and everybody was precious. And it was like, that was taking the trash out. And the other big lesson I learned, and I think that life gives you, gives you lessons. Like, you know, like everything is a lesson to me. Um, one of my many jobs in LA trying to survive was I worked at a marketing firm that did test marketing on pilots. So pilot season was 8 a.m. to 11 o'clock at night, rolling people through this facility that had TV screens. You sat 48 people were the, who were the perfect demographic. They had dials. They would watch the show and turn the dial based on how they felt during the show. Ooh. I worked in a room behind the glass, glass. mirrors yeah. like a TV show with the research staff. 
and I listened to their conversations and I heard things like no. every time he comes on the screen, every I, they watched this show with a graph that grew based on the audience's emotions. And, uh, I heard things like every time he comes on the screen, uh, everything spikes down. We have to replace him. Do you have, like, do you have it's that, that It was, again, <laughs> soul crushing. Like, it's so clinical. Again, I came from theater where everything was so wonderful and precious, and it was soul crushing. It was just, for me, a huge window into how things work. Do you think in film um, there's people that see actors as disposable? Um, I don't think a di- I don't think a director would. I think that uh, I think a director would see uh, everyone as, and it's the whole process you go through. Um, I, I assume the director really cares about everyone he has in every position. And again, you know, coming from the side of working like in the art department, uh, I've worked on movies where we had to put out trays of dirt to choose what dirt would be on the ground. Yeah. You know, directors <laughs> can be really involved and really care about really finite details so i think they would care about every actor they have on the film yeah my experience i don't know that i've really worked with a director that didn't care about every single role i mean there are some roles where they're like we can just you know it might be like a line Mm -hmm. we can book it from the tapes but upgrade on the day Type of thing that that happens sometimes. That hap- that happened a lot in movies uh, when yeah. I was casting extras. It would oftentimes like just pick like two or three people to be cops, and we're gonna pick one of those cops. So pick three cops that you trust. I'm like, okay, oh god, yeah, <laughs> pressure's on. See, that's a lot of pressure for yeah. us. I'd rather audition you. Yeah. All right. Any other questions, Robert? For me. For Justin? Oh, yeah, for the rest of my life. But oh. I get to live with a casting director. Yeah. so I do, right. do want to say I already regret giving that advice about walking in. Like I've, I can already feel everybody chastising <laughs> me. Just, Just ask a, for Justin Coulter. Don't do that. <laughs> send an email. Send a brief email with your headshot <laughs> and your demo reel. Everyone has tuned out now. Oh, Sorry, no, Justin. They're on their way. Um, so real quick. I'm pretty sure you have some other passions outside of acting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what uh, What's something that that you're into? I love furniture. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell um, us about your furniture. Um, I'm I um, I just like furniture. I just like buying furniture and fixing it up. Living with it for a minute. Yeah. Our house um, changes a lot. Did you get anything new recently? Yeah. Um, so uh, on Craigslist. Well, I just first of all just cleared out. I had way too much furniture. He sounds way more passionate yeah, he about is this. Very huh? pa- his face lit up. When you know what? Okay, furniture. talking like normal people. It's hard. You know what? Let's talk like normal people. It's hard to be passionate about acting because people don't want you to be passionate about your job. Then you, I feel like I look like an asshole if I get excited about acting. You know, like I know nobody mean. from your point of view wants to see me excited. They just want to see me like cool and like under the radar just do your fucking job so it's Whoa, different the language hey kids so furniture is something that I can be excited about I think I think you're fair yeah, you yeah. I think button. I'm totally fair no. like so okay so another lesson I learned in that back room at the marketing facility I, I I'm generally pretty good if I set my mind at any job that I do and I was I was a good whatever I was at that place like assistant to all of these people and uh a, a studio, a major television studio, asked me. Um, they they brought me aside one day to recruit me into their department at the studio, and they said, "So tell us about you. Like, what do you do?" And I said, "I'm an actor." And all of their faces Aww. dropped. 
<sighs> and it because crushing. Gonna, LA is just like soul crushing. They're like, going to have to remove you from a series one day. They yeah. don't. They don't want to know yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I get excited. So you asked what I just. Um, I, I I like to um, find treasures and make them. Great. That couch and you're sitting on is an absolute. The couch treasure. I'm sitting oh, yeah. on. Robert is a decorated treasure. my office. The coffee table came from a place in Alabama. I, He's about to re- uh, redecorate it. Yeah. yeah, everything. You know, like I don't. I. I, I think I, I. Nothing we have is like incredibly like expensive or like precious, but it's all special to me. It's all like a find and a um, a story. All right, and I, and I love those. Awesome. The, all right. Thanks this, for cutting me off. I'm sorry wow. to cut you cutting off. Cutting you off like normal we're, people. <laughs> we're, 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 we're we could talk forever. For hours, yeah. Uh, and we do. And this is awesome. And I, I just want to say that this has been an, I feel like it's been a really good first podcast. Yeah. I want to thank yeah. our producer and engineer, Jason Edwards, Jason, Jason Edwards. Edwards. Who's in the room with us, clutch guiding awesome. us. Um, I want theme music by. We'll find out. Are we gonna get Ryan Adams on the board? Oh <laughs> man, I hope so. By the way, if anybody you know doesn't Knows know, Ryan. I'm a huge Ryan Adams fan. And uh, if he would, not Brian Adams, Ryan Adams. Do not and if he would let mistake. us use a bit part in your life as the theme song, that's not awesome. Ryan Adams. Oh, it's not. Oh, that's the Lemonheads. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm such an ass. Okay, so different uh, theme song. So I want you guys uh, here are our our Instagrams or. Uh, Twitter accounts. We got at Jason Edwards TV. Follow him. Roberts is at Full Grown Mouse. On Twitter. On Twitter. I'm at Glorioso Casting. And then Justin, he's he's young. He doesn't do Twitter. He's Not really. on Instagram. He's Justin TC underscore underscore. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by mycastingfile.com. <laughs> Go get you an account. If you're if you're if you're looking to start out in the film industry, do Be, like being short, an extra sign is up a, on mycastingpod.com. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Learn a lot on set. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. There's going to be some some music maybe that comes after this. I it'll, don't know. It'll it probably is. be that free like iTunes music, but yeah, enjoy, like, enjoy the play out. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy this public domain tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait. Last thing. Oh, Robert. Yeah, I would like you to do a. Mini log of something Shakespeare before we go. <clears throat> really? Do yeah. it. Okay. When a disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I all alone beweep my outcast state. I trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries and look upon myself and curse my fate, wishing me like to one more rich in hope, like him, like him with friends possessed. Desiring this man's art and that man's scope with what I most enjoy, contented lease. Yet in these thoughts, myself almost despising. Happily, I think on thee. And then my state, like to the lark at break of day, arising from sullen earth, sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered, such wealth brings, that then I would scorn to change my state with kings. It made me cry. <laughs> God, that was beautiful. What is that? Sonnet number? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody out there knows. Yeah. All right, bye. Thank you, bye.